0: We Will Not Be Tamed, a Texas Parks and Wildlife Foundation podcast that encourages all Texans to get involved in conserving the wild things and wild places of our state.
1: I'm Lydia Saldana with the Texas Parks and Wildlife Foundation, and I'm sitting out on the porch at Powderhorn Ranch with a couple of folks we'll be talking with today. Susan Houston, executive director of the Texas Parks and Wildlife Foundation bart ballard with the caesar Clayburgh wildlife research institute david Brimager with the texas wildlife association uh, he's the director of marketing and pr and also curtis anderson who's a, a board member for the texas wildlife association thanks for being with us y'all thank you, thank you. glad to be here well we are here for a mentored hunt uh, with the, the texas parks and wildlife foundation through the stewards of the wild program is holding and susan i understand this is your first experience with the mentored hunts and i would just like to ask you to kind of reflect on what you've experienced so
2: far. It's been really inspiring to see the number of people here and how excited they are. And, um, you know, we really appreciate all the help with TWA and Cesar Kleberg. You guys have really made it happen for us. And um, it's been great. And also to see, you know, the animals that have been harvested today. It's a wonderful opportunity to, you know, just emphasize the hunting heritage and being out here on Powderhorn.
1: It's a memorable weekend. So David, you have been involved with um, hunting programs and introducing children and adults to hunting, probably for most of your professional career. So what, what is your observation about this program and what's happening out here today?
3: I think what's unique about this program is the way it brings people from uh, environments where they, some of them have never stepped foot off concrete in their entire life, or never seen stars, or, or that kind of deal. So to get them out outdoors to see what nature brings, um, you know, it was great this morning. Um, my hunter um, just kept ex- talking about how quiet it was and how peaceful it was, and as the sandhill cranes flew over, asking questions or about different birds and different, you know, wildlife or all the different grasses and native prairie grasses we're seeing out there um, it's very uh, interesting and rewarding to to be with with these people and watch them experience have that first positive experience in the outdoors that uh, that we're so all accustomed to
1: support the Caesar Claybrook Wildlife Research Institute has been a great partner for this program has um, really helped kind of get it off the ground and and keep it off the ground and uh, we're very grateful for that support why why are y'all involved with this
4: well, hunting is an extremely important aspect of wildlife conservation. Um, last night we had a little chat and it was just, you know, the thing that, first of all, that that, uh, that hit me was the enthusiasm from these guys. And like David just mentioned, you know, you don't have appreciation for it unless you experience it. Um, more and more of our populace is getting disconnected from the natural world. Um, but, you know, the, the funding that hunting s- provides not only funds um, wildlife conservation—it funds a lot of our research that helps guide conservation. So there's lots of different aspects, you know, in getting hunters recruited into the into the hunting field. But uh, on a personal note, last night it was really interesting, and David kind of brought this up. But some of the questions they asked, um, you know, being working in it every day, and being an avid hunter, you'd kind of t- take it for granted, you know. And, and it, it was just kind of cool this in there their enthusiasm and remembering why you know we're here and and, and, and why it's so special to be to spend time out outdoors.
1: So Curtis um, I, I really enjoyed the conversations we have I've been able to have with you over the course of the day and the, the coffee that you made for us. <laughs> <laughs> it's been awesome. Um, you of course I, I think it's fair to call you a consummate expert hunter. You've hunted all over the world. Why, why are you here today?
0: You know when David uh, this to my attention obviously uh, working with with the um, Texas Wildlife Association it's not a full-time job for me I d- it's you know I don't spend my day um, sort of wrapped up in, in in fundraising or in recruitment or other things but obviously they're all very you know near and dear to my heart um, for for me y- you know being a being a businessman and, and this being something that I enjoy doing I was w- really wanted to see what the difference would be between when we're talking about recruitment you know when we're talking about um, hunting heritage and we're talking about bringing introducing new hunters and and at the youth level is where we've spent most of our time Um, through my life though and hunting in various places um, around the world but also um, just in business life and, and having individuals who I've met throughout life who haven't had the opportunities that, that most of us take for granted because a lot of us here have, have grown up doing this um, to have that opportunity and to come out and to especially mentor um, someone who is a professional these are folks, uh, everyday folks from, from every walk of life and they um, we have similar interests we, you know they spend most of their day in an office um, they have children that they're raising, and they want to introduce to the um, you know to to the outdoors. And for for me, it was it, not so much about giving back, it, but but it was more about that ability to to just just be around folks who who um, obviously have an interest, or they wouldn't be here. Um, but I, I've realized more than anything today, you know, going out and just doing something that I take for granted, like Um, simple hunting skills um, which you can you can take whether it's hunting a hog or hunting a sandbar or hunting a whitetail or hunting a duck Um, the skills um, are transferable across many 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 different um, hunting uh, opportunities Um, to realize that even a 40 or 50 year old adult um, has the same level of interest as a 14 or 15 year old young adult um, who is looking to do the same? And realizing that that same adult now lacks those basic skills um, to me has just been, you know, un- unbelievable. And it's talking about everything from gear to um, s- spotting and stalking skills to David mentioned the Sandhill Cranes. We heard them this morning as, as well. What is that, you know? Um, so just a great experience for me to be able to. Uh, you know, spend my time here. I can't think of any other place I would rather be than to uh, to be to be doing this with this group out here. So I appreciate David for the for the invite. You, you know, Bart has uh, has lent so much of his expertise in, in, in all areas, and um, you know, thanks to the foundation, Parks and Wildlife Foundation, for providing an amazing piece of property um, to to be able to provide this type of, of outing on.
1: We mentioned at the top the Stewards of the Wild, and I think it's appropriate at this Mm -hmm. point, Susan, just to dive a little bit into what the Stewards of the Wild are, maybe a little backstory and kind of how we got to where we are.
2: Sure. Um, Stewards of the Wild is a program of Texas Parks and Wildlife Foundation, and it's designed for young professionals to introduce them and engage them to conservation. It started um, around 2013. We had a, a couple of young men come to us and had an idea for this type of program, and um, we uh, worked with them and got it off the ground. And now we've got about 10 chapters across the state, and have just started the mentored hunting uh, in the last couple of years, but um, has been really popular. And we're thrilled with the program and just see it continuing to grow and we have a ton of great partners and i think that's one thing you know this weekend that i've enjoyed watching is you know not only the mentees the people who haven't hunted but the mentors and it's just it's it's just nice to see them so willing to impart their knowledge and you know you guys are extremely understanding and it's just it's a great feeling
1: i was struck as i watched you curtis you know, take apart that feral hog and talk through everything that you know just so effortlessly and everybody's hanging on you know listening to every word you know you, you had to say and then we were standing out there you had your phone out you were showing cedar and i some pronghorn pictures of a pronghorn went mm-hmm. on um, and then a text came by the camille had gotten the sandbar and you you just lit up you had just this delightful look on your face about that. So what does that mean for you to see these folks doing this for the first time?
0: Uh, you know, it's one it's one thing going back to the youth hunting program as well. It's one thing to see a youth. I, I think um, as a youth, they they understand the experience. It's a um, but I don't know that they appreciate it as much as I've seen the adults. Um, you spoke of Camille. I mean, I. Here's a girl from Dallas, you know, a young girl, she packs up her car, drives down here by herself, pitches her own tent, and to see someone with uh, that level of appreciation who's willing to go through you know, that much. So for me, I think it's the appreciation that um, the adults seem to have, that the, that the, the youth haven't quite um, gained that, that level of, of, of maturity. That they can um, that they can really truly appreciate like like the um, like the adults seem seem to do. Um, taking apart you know a feral hog for me is um, something that it's very much second nature and um, it's an exercise and a bit of patience which we all have to have and I think um, I th- I think the adults one of the mentors mentioned that to me as well um, you know thanks for the patience you know to do that. But I think that's a that's something that that's a learning they'll take and they'll carry forward, and that will transfer to um, the next person that they're with whenever they're hunting, and whether that's gun safety, whether that's gear preparation, whether that's hunting skills, or all the way you know through that process. Um, we tend to be in a very fast-paced world, so it's nice um, to have an outlet. And I think the the realization for them is that um, it's it's an outlet. I heard another, just another side conversation with someone else, two, two mentors talking, and one mentioned that um, they always thought that hunting was sort of a, a lazy person's sport. You know, you sort of go out, you sit in a blind, you know, whether it's a duck blind or a deer blind, you just wait, opportunity comes, you go, and then you go home. This entire process, they're realizing um, the energy that is required and is going to be required of them in the future. Um, so they'll have to make a determination if they're going to be committed to that carrying forward. Um, but it, um, it, it the realization for them is there's a lot of work that goes into this and and thank goodness for all the volunteers um, from from all walks of life that are here on this on this hunt. you know there are seven uh, mentors, I believe, but there are you know probably twenty five people here, you know that are that are sort of making everything work on the back end. and I, I don't think they'll soon forget you know any of the experiences and and the amazing thing for me is is I'll probably come away with this maybe with more than they than they went away with so I learned something from every one of them um, and I think it's just a it's, it's such a brilliant experience for everyone you
1: know, the, the longer that I'm in this conservation Um, you know, field here in Texas, the more I'm struck by how many intersections there are of people of partners of interests and the partnership with the Texas Wildlife Association and Texas Parks and Wildlife I think is a a prime example of that. And I know that TWA is partnering with TPWF in other ways. David, do you want to talk a little bit about
3: that? Yeah, we partner with Parks and Wildlife Foundation in various ways, whether it's through helping, you know, work with uh, advocacy efforts, you know, across the state of Texas through the through the department themselves. Um, I think what's unique for us and them is, is we, we've got a, a joint membership, probably one of the first uh, that are out there where you can go to either program and, and get a, a two for one kind of deal and be a member of stewards, be a member of TWA at the same time and get both benefits uh, that, both, that both can provide. And the same with the mentored hunting. We started about the same time with our TWA mentored, adult mentored hunting program. Uh, you know, our goal is to put on 10 of them this year uh, as well. Our hunt-to-table events that is kind of what started it for us. Seeing how many people uh, out of Austin will, will sell 100 tickets in less than 10 days. Uh, that whole pasture-to-plate movement, uh, field-to-fork, uh, the locavore movement is very popular uh, amongst this age group. And, and being on these hunts all the time, it's amazing to see them, how much that they appreciate and understand. Uh, some, for some of them that come here, last night there was three or four. It's the first time they've tasted wild game. And they said it didn't taste wild at all, so uh, they're they're very excited about processing their own game and and, and going through that through that whole process. So uh, very excited to be uh, continuing to be a part of it and be here and watch these these uh, hunters. Now, Bart, I know that
1: Caesar Clayburg has been involved in many of the different stewards chapters and doing presentations and just kind of outreach about what y'all are doing. Why why is that important to get that information out there about the wildlife research? That it, you know, and Caesar Clayburg, not just a Texas reputation, but a national reputation, an international reputation, for the research that y'all have been doing for um, decades.
4: Sure. So it's a couple of reasons. One, obviously, is is our you know our research is it's not science just to do science, right? We want to do science that 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 uh, informs management, and uh, we work with a lot of private landowners and and hope that they can they can use some of this for their for their properties. Um, we we work on a lot of endowments uh, where we have a lot of private endowments that that fund the Institute and that's one of our one of our uh, most important aspects actually with the Institute is is all the private money that that comes in that supports our programs Um, and they're kind of the lifeblood of the Institute you know so um, you know I don't know we have a we have a very active advisory board that 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 some of the most passionate people in wildlife you know Wildlife conservation—it's—it's—it's—you know—they're not scientists; they're not—they're not in the field. You know, they're professionals that do other things, but their passion for, for wildlife is as strong as anybody, you know, at, at the institute. So it's—it's it's really exciting to to see these these uh, private um, partners get passionate about what we do and and see you know see some of the the results on their properties. We work on a lot of private lands in Texas and have a, a very good. Um, Working relationship with the private landowners, so it's yeah, it's an extremely important part of our of our program.
1: And of course, the Texas Parks and Wildlife Foundation was formed oh well, 1991, over twenty a long time ago, <laughs> to provide that private support to Texas Parks and Wildlife. And Susan, so, so do you just want to reflect on the importance of private philanthropy in conservation of Texas?
2: It's critical, and if we didn't have private funds to come in to assist what the department's doing we wouldn't be able to to do the transformational projects we do it's just you know there's never going to be enough funding public funding for the department to be able to do the things they need to do so when we're able to come in and raise funds from you know extremely generous individuals um, we're able to leverage the private dollars with the public dollars the department has and accomplish much more.
1: Well, it's, it's critical. Really, yeah, it's, it's exciting, and um, uh, some of y'all know I've, I've been with Parks and Wildlife Department for a long time, and I came to the T- Texas Parks and Wildlife Foundation. In fact, the first big project I worked with uh, on the fel- for the foundation was Powderhorn Ranch, the acquisition of Powderhorn Ranch, which is just an incredible story in itself, kind of how that came together, the Parks and Wildlife Foundation leading that fundraising effort, so many partners coming to the table, and I hadn't been back here for a it's been at least a year and a half. So when I drove down that, that farm-to-market road and I saw the Powderhorn Wildlife Management Area sign, it was just it was just like amazing. It's like something that was just a, a dream and a vision a few years ago, and now it's a reality. You know, we're we're sitting, you know, here. Uh, there's public hunting that's happening. There's these opportunities. It's it's pretty cool to see that um, go from an idea to to something on the ground. Yeah, so, this this will be here for generations. Very cool. Now, Bart, had you been here
4: before? I've been here once before, yeah.
1: Okay. And is this your first time here? My first time, absolutely. My so first time. what's your impression? Oh, my goodness. I mean, just
0: absolutely amazing. I mean, from the drive-in, um, obviously, the uh, Texas Wildlife Association, um, you, you know, f- focused on habitat. You know, not, and this, this outing is not just about hunting. I think we, we did, that's, that's 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 our shoe in to you know to get people involved, but to be able to, um, to go out and talk about diversity of, of, of grasses and grasslands and brush uh, diversity and um, you know it's raw land and we don't have the opportunity, um, regardless of where we hunt very often, or where we go to, um, symposiums for, even habitat do we see raw land and this is. This is very much a blank canvas and such a great opportunity um, for the future of this property to um, build, and I'm not talking about big fancy buildings, but just um, to, to build that legacy into this property that can be shared for you know decades and generations to come. And it, um, so for me, um, I love the Gulf Coast. Um, I love South Texas brushlands. Um, I love the plains. Um, and this, this sort of encompasses all of them. Um, there's not uh, one time that I step out of um, you know you know our our campsite that I don't see something that is intriguing to me. Uh, the diversity of the wildlife, um, and, and that's you know from mammals to you know to bird species as well is just absolutely incredible. So for for me, it was a real treat. And I, I think the, the mentors are starting to realize that this, how precious this opportunity is, because this isn't something that me as an avid hunter would be able to just um, go, go buy a hunt and experience this. You, you just can't do that. So uh, the, th- this program allows that opportunity to do something.
3: And
1: David, wasn't the first hunt we did with the youth hunting program here? Was, it, was there a youth We or? did
3: do the first hunt here on Powderhorn was one of our Texas youth hunting program hunts yes so. yeah lots of sandbar harvested in, in Axis and it was a very same type of situation camping for the families and um, we end up shooting a video for it. And yeah, it was, I was gonna say we had that great video right. yeah. the, kid yeah, the kid who kid just, that, yeah. he wasn't
2: having a very good time no. and he finally saw yes. that sandbar. Yeah.
3: Yeah. The, the best kid. part of that video when you watch it it's we don't have the, their mic on, but you can see him. As soon as he shoots, he lifts his head up and said, I got it. <laughs> Did I get it? And he's looking at the camera and the guides, and he's like, yeah, you got, and it. got it. And the weather yeah. was nasty. It was awful. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, and we can hear a little bit of raindrops falling from right. outside the porch, but um, mm-hmm. that hadn't dampened the enthusiasm of any <laughs> no. of, any of our, our, our folks out here today, and I know we'll be going back out again. Um, so no telling what will what we'll turn Those up. Those
0: are here. either raindrops or teeth chattering. One of <laughs> <laughs> it's,
1: a, it's a brisk wind coming yes. off out of the north. Yes, it is. Well, appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. Thank you. Uh, thank you for no, thank everything you. y'all do to help support this program.
3: Thanks for everything, everything y'all do. You bet. Thank you, you.
0: Brought to you by Texas Parks and Wildlife Foundation, We Will Not Be Tamed calls us all to appreciate the wildness of Texas, the vastness of our Texas spirit, and why we should be inspired to conserve it. Find out more at
3: wewillnotbetamed.org.